0: I am uh, really honored to have Dr. Smith kind of kick off our new year. I met Dr. Smith about a year and a half, no, probably longer than that. A couple of years ago, we were on a speaking panel at First Presbyterian Church Berkeley about urban ministry. No idea why I was invited on this panel when there was such distinguished people teaching there. I was just, I felt like a mite. But there I had the opportunity to meet Dr. Smith, and I can give... You an introduction of him with all the accolades of of books and degrees and all that sort of stuff, but that's all stuff you can Google. So the way I want to introduce him is just on a personal level for me. There have been times that I've been just so discouraged in ministry. And one time I called Dr. Smith and I said, how do you know when you're done? And he said, oh, (laughs) and then he prayed for me. And then after he prayed for me, he gave me a a couple of books to read. And so I I read them, and so I'm still here. But that's not the only thing that Dr. Smith has done for me. He also has been used by the Holy Spirit to just call me out of the blue. And uh, it's just been the most encouraging of times, because most of those times have been times where I've been really discouraged or I'm going through some sort of difficulty in the ministry or, or something is going on. And so every time I see his name on my phone, I'm like, how does he know?
1: How does he know?
0: But needless to say, this is Dr. Smith, and I appreciate you being here so much. Please welcome Dr. J. Alfred Smith.
1: Uh, Thank you for your very kind words, Pastor Lee. And you touched my heart, and I'm a very emotional man. So I started crying when you said those good things about me. And if I had some money, I'd give you a big gift. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to be here with my wife, the Reverend Bernstein Smith, Uh, She is a minister to uh, the seniors at Allen Temple Church in East Oakland. Uh, She's on the staff there, but I retired some four or five years ago, and I go around preaching wherever people will listen to me. And God has really blessed me to kick the year off here, at regeneration with your wonderful pastor. Uh, he is my friend, and we nurture each other. And he uh, did a wonderful work at First Presbyterian Church in Berkeley talking about the ministry here. And I'm just uh, enthralled and entranced and amazed to see uh, so many young adult Christians because we live at a time when many young adults have given up on the faith. They have had a good dose of rationalism and philosophy classes at the university and so uh, they are also aware uh, of the shady history of the church and so therefore they may end up saying i love jesus but i don't like the saints but to see you here today especially on the first sunday of the year uh, is exhilarating and let's give god some praise Yes. I wanted to talk to you about how to begin the new year, and I was inspired by uh, the 43rd chapter of Isaiah, verses 1 through 7. And I see that you have your Bibles. My translation is. The New Revised Standard Version of whatever translation you have will suffice. And may I begin reading from verse 1. But now, thus saith the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Do not fear, for I've redeem you, I've call you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And though the, through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Saber in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you. I give people in return for you. Nations in exchange for your life Do not fear, for I'm with you I bring your offspring from the east and from the west I will gather you, I will say to the north Give them up, and to the south Do not withhold Bring my sons from far away And my daughters from the end of the earth Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The other day I was uh, Googling the name of a pastor that I know. I wanted to get some information about him that I did not have and I wanted to look at how he was endeavoring to market himself so that he could be used to glorify God and I was surprised because I saw a facet about this pastor that I didn't know but yet He was presenting himself to the community as being a life coach. And to tell you the truth, pastors have gifts, and we have our strengths, and we have our weaknesses. But I never would have thought of this person being a life coach. And I must say, of all of the Gifts that a clergy person could have. I'm not a life coach. I'm an encourager. And I like to stand on the uh, sadlands and encourage people and tell new people in the faith you're doing well. Look up, don't look back. And look up, don't look down. Look up, don't look to the side. I'm kind of like Barnabas. That's how I perceive myself. But this person perceived himself as a life coach. But I would say that the life coach that I know best is the Lord. And as your wonderful worship leader was saying, this life coach is famous. Wouldn't you agree that the Lord is famous not only as the originating creator, famous not only as the sustaining creator, but famous also as the continuing creator? because he's not finished with us yet. And so if there are those of us who somewhat feel down this morning, if there are those of us who haven't found our way yet, if there are those of us who are perplexed as we begin this year, I would like to just suggest that... There's not a better life coach than the Lord. Well, the Lord is the one who created us, and so the Lord knows us best. The Lord knows us better than any psychologist. The Lord knows us better than any psychotherapist. The Lord knows us better than than any human life coach. And so today, I want to tell you that my life coach is the Lord. He's the one who created me. Well, what does the life coach say? Do not fear. That's what the life coach says, that if I'm life, your life coach, You are to walk through life afraid. Uh, You are uh, not to fear the unpredictable. Uh, Who knows what uh, 2013 has to offer us? Who knows uh, what will happen six months from now? Who knows what the news will be and? Sometimes I hate to read the paper because it's bad news. And sometimes I hate to turn the television on and listen to what Fox News has to say or listen to what some other news station has to say. It's so depressing. It's so discouraging and so... If you're listening to the news, you will be disappointed and end up in fear. But our life coach says, fear not, don't live in fear, don't live in worry, don't have a lot of anxieties. Well, why life coach? Why, God, why are you saying this? Do not fear. I've redeemed you. I've called you by my name. You're mine. You're mine. You belong to me. Me, Lord? Yes. You, you. I'm only five feet seven and three-quarter inches tall. You're mine. You're mine. Well, in the eyes of uh, my peer group, I'm not much. I'm not much. Uh, in the eyes of society, in the eyes of culture, in the eyes of the world, I'm not much. But God says, you are mine. I define who you are. I have put my stamp of approval on you. Don't look down because you're mine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a new identity. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a sense of somebodyness. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a sense of self-esteem. Because I can't love others with your love unless I love myself. But I can't love myself unless I accept the love that has come to me through your Son, Jesus Christ. Well, what does God say of fear not, What does God say that God says it? Because he knows me by my name. He's aware of my strengths and aware of my weaknesses. He understands every situation. And God says that he redeemed me. And when I think about from whence I've come. When I think about my humble beginning, Kansas City, Missouri. When I think about the fact that I was born across the tracks. But God has brought me where I am. He has redeemed me. And when I think about salvation, salvation, And salvation means that I've been redeemed from my past. And salvation means that I am being saved. Salvation also lets me know that my future is in God's hands. And I may not look like all that I ought to look like. But be patient with me because God is not through with me yet. That's redemption. And because of that, let's say amen. Amen. Let's say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's say praise praise the Lord. And God says, don't worry. About what's going to happen the other 11 months of 2013. Don't spend too much time about it because you will walk through the fire. Don't worry about it, there will be unexpected floods. But he doesn't say if you pass through the waters. It says when you pass through the waters. It doesn't say if you walk through fire. Uh, you will walk through fire in 2013. You will be flooded uh, with waters of uh, problems that can drown you. Uh, you can face Fiery trials. Fiery troubles. Fiery testings. But don't worry. Why God? I'll be with you. And if God is with us. The floods can't do anything to us. If God is with us. God will be there when the. The fiery trials and the troubles and the tribulations come. He will be with us. Uh, How do you know, preacher man? I know from experience. I know from my personal experience. Uh, It was over uh, two years ago that Pastor Lee invited me to come and meet you. And after he gave me the invitation, I became very, very ill. And I was in the hospital for three weeks. I couldn't eat any solid food. Couldn't hold it down. It had to feed me intravenously. And things became so serious that the doctor came in. I told my wife to call the family in, and all of us were meeting together around my bed. We heard a team of doctors say that we've really done all that we know to do with this man. And I'm looking forward to getting to regeneration. I didn't believe any of that. Uh, I believe that if I had the faith God has the power I was in Kaiser Hospital out there in a city called Antioch, California but it so happened that there was a Chinese lady physician from Walnut Creek who came to Kaiser on a special assignment for three days. And to be heard about my case, she wasn't assigned to it. But she happened to walk into the room at the time that the doctors were giving the bad news. But here was a good news person with a good news message. And she said, I observed what you've been doing and you've just been looking at the man's charts. You've just been reading what the charts say. Look at the person. Look at the man. And that made me feel good. I said, God sent that woman in here today. And she said, look at him. Do you see Signs of death in his eyes. Listen to his voice. Does it sound like this is a person who's given up hope? Look at his family. Can't you tell that they're people of faith? You're going to send this man home and feed him intravenously and have a home nurse? I tell you what you're going to do. You're going to try to feed him three days on a soft food diet. And I tell you, if he can handle that for five days on the sixth day, he'll be able to go home. And I, I was shouting hallelujah. I was shouting very Pentecostally in my spirit. And my family went out and told all of the friends what that doctor said. And there was a prayer chain across the Bay Area, a prayer chain wherever. Uh, there were folks that uh, knew the Lord, knew about my condition. And I'm here to tell you prayer works. And and here I am. And, Regeneration Church because God can do anything but fail, I tell you. When the Lord says, I'm your God, uh, God means it. And as I move toward a conclusion, I want to tell you that in verse 4, it says, because you are precious in my sight. Uh, God, uh, why are you doing all of these things? Because you are precious in my sight. Why are you doing this, God? Because you are precious and honored. And why are you doing it, God? Not only does God say, because you are precious, but God does it because God says, I love you. And how do you know that God loves you? Well, I first learned about the love of God when I met Jesus Christ the Son of God for God spoke to me through Jesus and expressed his love to me through Jesus and with all of my faults with all of my weaknesses uh, with all of my failures with all of the times that I make one step forward and then make two and three steps backward and I pick myself up off the floor and try to move forward again and, uh, and I think I have got this issue conquered in my life but I find that I fall back again, but uh, the grace of God uh, reaches out and gives me another chance, and that means that God loves me. and. I want you to know that God loves you. That's the message. God loves each one of you as if each one of you is the only person alive in the world today. No greater love than the love that God has spoken to us. It is Son, Jesus Christ. And well, that seems to be an impossibility, but with God all things are possible. Uh, When God looks at me, when God looks at my fragility, he looks beyond all of that and he sees Christ in me. He doesn't see J. Alfred Smith, the slow Talking five foot seven Missouri preacher transplanted to California but when he looks at me he looks at me but he sees Jesus because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus it's the blood of Jesus that covers my sin who wouldn't want to serve a God like that who couldn't praise a God like that and so I want to say new generation God says that everyone whom I created for my glory and so you're in the world today because God created you for his glory God created you to make a difference in the world. You can make a difference by just allowing the glory of God to shine in your life. And yes, God s- looks at me and sees Christ who covers me with his blood. But what does the world see when they look at me? And I hope that the world will look at me and see Jesus living in me. I hope that the world can look at me and see the love of God being in my human heart, the love of God pouring forth from my human lips The compassion of God being felt in my human hand. Christ in me. The hope of my community. The hope of my family. uh, The hope of children yet unborn. And as I leave you this morning, I want to challenge you to touch Somebody with the love of God touch some life with the goodness of God. Uh, The trouble with a a beautiful church like you that listens to what the preacher has to say, the preacher doesn't have sense enough to quit. (laughs) As As I go to my seat, I'm going to tell you. I grew up on the other side of the tracks in Kansas City, Missouri. I was born out of wetlocks, a boy of a single parent. I, I lived in a tough neighborhood. The streets were muddy. But when it rained, the city didn't care much about my part of town. church an old man named Mr. Boswell was sitting on the front porch in a chair he called me by my name and said Jimmy come here and I said yes sir I walked up to the porch to see Mr. Boswell see what he was going to say to me he said Jimmy God has a place in the world for you. I never forgot that. Growing up, I'd get knocked down, but I'd get back up and wipe the dirt off and remember that God had a place for me. And I want you to know that no birth is an accident. That God has a place for you and you and you and you and you. And my challenge to you is to let the world see the beauty of Jesus Christ in you. And as long as he is your Alpha and your Omega... As long as he is your Lord and your Savior, you need no other life coach but him.